I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode, I sit down with not just gold, but platinum selling artist Yellow Wolf. Ah. Oh. What a chat. I mean, this is real rap royalty. And just looking through, like when I was prepping for this, just going through what he's done and just the people he's worked with, he's just different level. Um, and everything else aside, he's just a super cool guy. Uh, just really nice, super grounded. And we have a lovely chat, which you're about to hear. Before we get on with that chat, just a few thank yous. Thanks to Scribius Pip. And everybody at the Distraction Pieces Network, thank you to 76. And thank you. Thank you lot for supporting the podcast. Because this is something that I love doing. And the, the, the fact that the fruits of this, you know, you enjoy is such a bonus. And not just that, it also means that it's kept, well it's just kept me sane it's really kept me focused throughout this these last you know year or so which has been a a pretty bananas time right um and to be able to to go and you know sit at the end of my garden in my little room and and switch on zoom and just have some really lovely chats with some incredibly talented and amazing creative people that i don't think i'd ever have got to sit in a, a studio with and so yeah you know if if there's been anything good for me that's come out of this this very strange time of not being able to do, you know, what I do for a living, it's been getting to have these chats with people and, and being able to share them and, and, and hearing some lovely stuff back from you lot. So thank you. Um, if this is your first time listening to Off The Beat and Track podcast, well, I don't know where you've been, but there's 300 episodes in the back catalogue. You can hear me talking to Chuck D from Public Enemy. You can hear me talking to Fatboy Slim. You can hear me talking to Tommy Lee and Motley Crue, Foo Fighters. Oh, gosh, chic. Go and have a look because there's so many episodes that you can go and have a listen to. Uh, and they're all available now for free. If you would like to support the podcast in any other way, I would point you in the direction of Patreon. Um, it's like a kind of crowd supporter thing. And for 79p a month, you get access to um, weekly shows, radio shows, video episodes, all sorts of stuff. So, uh, well, you can find out about all of this stuff that I've just been talking about uh, uh, at the one-stop shop, 
offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com. Right, I know why you're here, and it's not for me plugging me back catalogue. You're here for today's episode, and uh, it's great. So let's get on with it. Please enjoy Off The Beat and Track Podcast with Yellow Wolf. Right, I've got to take a quick break in this podcast because I've got some super exciting news. Off The Beat and Track Podcast is proud to go into partnership with the Cacao Bar from Hotel Chocolat. That's right. The Cacao Bar is not a chocolate bar. It's all the best bits of a chocolate bar put into a really exciting new alcoholic range. That's right. Gin, vodka, and a beautiful range of cream liqueurs. So one of the big bonuses of this partnership is obviously I'm super thrilled to have Hotel Chocolat working with us, but they sent me a great big box of this stuff. And I'm telling you, it's amazing. Go and check it out, www.hotelchocolat.com or over on the socials at Hotel Chocolat. But yeah, in the coming months, there's going to be opportunities for you to get involved with competitions with us, to win bottles of stuff. There's loads of exciting things coming soon, and I can't be more happy to say that this podcast is in partnership with the Cacao Bar from Hotel Chocolat. All right, let's get back to the podcast. It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Keep me stew with him. Okay, we're recording. Uh, Yellow Wolf, how you doing, man? I'm great, brother. Fucking uh, beautiful day in Nashville, Tennessee. It's finally warming up. It's been cold for a long time, so stoked, man. About to go to the river and go tubing tomorrow with a bunch of fans, so nice. it's be fun. So... Just, just sort of looking back um, over the last sort of, you know, year. Have you found that as, as both, you know, as a human being and as a as a creative, as an artist? Uh, I mean, pretty. It's 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 been a transformation for sure. Um, you know, as a as a human, um, that is the word for sure. Uh, you know the heightened social awareness worldwide has been uh, trying at times, but I think uh, overall, like I'm proud of how most people have handled it, to be honest, you know, after the George Floyd situation, that tragedy, you know, it affected literally the whole globe, you know, and uh, I think we're going to be better for it. You know, and um, a lot of things obviously still need to be paid attention to and uh, cared for. And, you know, overall, I think people are realizing that, you know, just general human compassion goes a long way. You know, you know, it's just like we 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 need to care about one another. man. You know, I've, I've traveled the globe for a long time and I was raised in a very open family you know uh my my family's a mixed family i have mixed children uh my first wife was black my my wife currently now is black Fifi Thompson. you know so i didn't grow up in a world that uh you know it wasn't that that kind of mentality wasn't proposed to me it was shut shut down and um 
looked down upon and, and my family and my crew and how I was raised. So I would say in the South, we were overly prepared. Our people, you know, we were overly prepared for it. Yeah. You know, I'm from Alabama, the heart of it, you know? Uh, so, but Alabama surprisingly is super progressive, you know, it's probably because we already went through the bullshit my grandparents, my great grandparents, they went through the hardest of it, you know. So we figured it out pretty, pretty early, you know. Um, so, you know, I, I think that uh, overall we're going to be better for it. And uh, I think it, it, it wasn't such a bad thing to set everybody down for a second. Chill out. You know, it just kind of you know, the quarantine sucked. But at the same time, it was like. Everybody chill, you know, just go home. You know, it, it, it inadvertently put everyone on pause. Everyone got to reflect. Everyone got to work on themselves, their music, and, and you know, try to figure things out, really. So, you know, it's like a, sometimes with... Like a system restore. Like, it literally felt that, like, everything stopped. And, like, even the real simple things, man, it's like I'd go out for a run, you know, when we first got put in lockdown, and the sky would be blue and there wouldn't be any aeroplanes in the sky. And that's weird. Like, I live right near London. It's like we're right on a flight path. No aeroplanes. And all of a sudden, people on the other side of the street walking their dogs and stuff would wave and say, hey, because they've been starved of that human connection. The minute it went, people were kind of missing that interaction and that, 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 that basic fundamental human connection and to also just have no cars on the streets no planes in the sky felt like i don't want to get too hippie but it felt like the planet was just going hang on a minute let's just let's just slow this down and start again like do you know what i'm saying yeah that's i've I've been noticing the same thing like people are really nice yeah you know like i just waving everybody wants to talk say what's up get to know you you know because people are you know on edge no one wants to be uh assumed to be the enemy you know yeah. they're like yo dude i'm cool yo dude i'm cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and and that's a good energy i think people needed to be shook up and you know the fucking the system needed to be checked you know things had to be put in order and and they will be you know it we always we overcome that's what we do you know uh and then artistically man it was a amazing time for me you know like i just buckled down and just wrote 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 music you know um it it made me feel like i was a kid again i literally came back to my house here built a little studio under my stairs literally just enough for me to turn around wrote almost two albums in there and uh so i came out swinging you know I, I, i went straight to the studio and just started stacking up records you know Nice. Well, I'm going to start your, your, your playlist now. And um, for track one, I'm just going to ask you what you regard as the song that has the greatest ever intro. Say so what was, um, um, what'd uh, you say? The song that's got the greatest ever intro. So do you want me to pull up the yeah. list that you sent over? Okay. I remember these questions. These were good. These were good questions. Cool. Yeah. So, can you remember what you put for this one? Do you want me to give you a nudge? Uh, Barracuda? Uh, you went for uh, a track by Heart. Oh, Heart. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, crazy, crazy. Yeah, man. Crazy on you. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I that song that that intro uh, changed the way I thought about an intro. <laughs> you know, like it, it, it was so left field, and uh, sometimes I'll play that intro, and I don't even play the re- I don't play the rest of the song. I just want to hear that that yeah. guitar piece. You know. So, um, I just think it's the most creative left field thing that was happening at that moment. And, you know, cause I, I grew up, my mom was 16 when I was born, I was born in 79. So I grew up with all the sixties and seventies music and seventies rock and roll and shit. So that was a constant in my house. So, you know, I, yeah, we were listening to that record when it just came out, you know, heart was one of my mom's favorite bands. So, um, yeah, it just stuck with me for the rest of my life, really. So I think I think it's intro still today. And and, and all of so much of that music that that come out in that period would have these sort of epic intros, and you know, and and it would take a while before you know you'd get to a chorus. And I just want to ask you, as as an artist now, how you approach songwriting, and are you do you take into consideration the fact that lots of people's attention spans and the way they consume music now is different to maybe how it was 10 years ago. The thumbs seem to swipe a little bit quicker and the attention spans may be getting slightly, you know, shorter. Do you try and grab them right from the off now? Or, you know, do you still kind of approach it in a, in a more sort of traditional way of like the song I get where it needs to go when it gets there? Yeah, I just take it song for song and I don't like, I don't define it. I, I don't like put parameters on how I'm going to create a record based on how I think people are going to digest it. Yeah. I just do, you know, like, so, and hip hop is sometimes, well, all the time, really it's unpredictable and how it's going to go. Maybe it's just three minutes of one long verse. Maybe it's verse hook, verse hook, verse hook. Maybe it's just two hooks. Maybe it's whatever. It, it can be whatever, you know, music in general can be whatever, but hip hop, especially, it can be uh, really simple. You know, when I started writing uh, hip hop records, you know, especially within the industry, I remember when I first got signed, it was almost law that they wanted every song to be three minutes and 30 seconds. Oh, really? Yeah. Three minutes, 30 seconds, three minutes, 30 seconds, three minutes, 30 seconds, because that was the radio length. You know what I mean? So I did learn how to time that. And, and I learned how to structure songs that way. But when I'm making an album, I, for sure, a studio album, I definitely do not uh, think about that. You know, yeah. I have I've, I've made the mistake of uh, my first freshman album with uh, Interscope Shady. I hit my head pretty hard with having to deal with other writers and other producers that were trying to make a single. You know what I'm saying? And it took after that record, I feel like it's taken me this past six years to rebuild a, a more artistic credibility that I was seeking Yeah, with the balance of being able to give people a, a record that they could digest, but still satisfy my own creativity, my own creativity, you know? Absolutely. So um, I've never, I've, I've never been one to just uh, bend and, and do what people I- I expect because, uh, you know, fans never know what they want until they hear it. Yeah, definitely. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. For track two, I'm going to take you back and ask you to tell me the first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you. Um, uh... Do you want me to give you a, a shout on this? Um, uh, was it a, a Fleetwood Mac record? Yeah, man. Uh, and it was uh, um, Landslide? Yeah, mate. Um, yeah. Uh, that record, I, I'm got, I get chills right now just thinking about that song, man. <laughs> uh, it's such a... It just reminds me of my mom. I, you know, I grew up with a single mom. So that record, uh, watching my mother go through so many relationships, you know, seeking, you know, trying to dealing with her dad, her father issues and trying to, to fulfill, fill that gap. I just feel like Stevie Nicks and my, my mom, you know, it felt like when I hear that, I feel like they're kindred spirits or something, you know, like, or they, they lived a similar life and, and, uh, it's the song's bittersweet. You know, it, it's like, it's like the woman's strength and showing her independence and she will make it, but still she's like talking about how, how hard it is to, to grow up and grow older without ever really figuring it out. You know what I mean? And my mom's still searching to this day. You know what I mean? So that that uh, that song just it means a lot to me. It it's it's my relationship with my mother and and growing up. That's where that song hits me. And I remember hearing it even super young. I, I you know I, I got choked up listening to it because I just I was just thinking about mom. If you had to sort of pinpoint the emotion, what would you say the emotion is? It's sad, really. Yeah. Uh, but it's kind of, it's, it's sad and, and, and sort of in a therapeutic way, you know, sometimes you need to hear something that takes you to a place where you can let things go. Yeah. You know, how, how are you with 
like if if you wake up and you're having a you know a low day, you're feeling a bit low, like do you reach for something upbeat to listen to, or will you immerse that emotion and and listen to something you know that 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 feels right with it and just process it and work through it? Yeah, I that's definitely what I do. If I if I if it's you know if it's dark and gloomy and I'm having a, a, a one of them days, then I'll definitely feed that vibe and try to figure it out. Yeah. You know, whether music or, or a movie, um, cause, uh, you know, pushing things down, it has, has, has never worked for me. You know, eventually it's going to boil over and, and, uh, you know, if I don't handle it, you know, I've noticed in the past, if I don't handle it, you know, a couple of weeks later, I'm at a bar, you know, and all of a sudden, oh, yeah, well, what about, you know what I mean? And I just go straight to <laughs> handle it when I should have, you know, so yeah. I just try to get it over with. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a healthy way to do it. Don't don't run from it. Just try to process it. For track three, I'm going to ask you for the song. That reminds you of your time at school. Uh, and I mean, the, the song is pretty significant as well in regards to, you know, the whole process. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. Brick in the wall. Uh, it's crazy. I'm remembering all this, you know, it's pretty crazy. Um, yeah, Brick in the Wall was, um, you know, I didn't hear that. I, I, didn't, I didn't really process that record until I got out of school. You know, um, you know, we listened to Pink Floyd growing up, but maybe I don't know. For some reason, I just did it, it. It wasn't I wasn't gravitating toward it until I got a little older because I left school in, you know, ninth grade, man. You know, like literally like just walked out, grabbed my skateboard and left home. I was like 15 or 16. And uh, so, and all my teachers growing up, but I went to 15 different schools. 15? Yeah, 15. That's insane, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, my, my mom was just a, you know, she's, she's a, she was a gypsy, you know, you know, running around just looking for it, you know, always, you know, flipping jobs. She was a hustler, man. So uh, we would just move around and, and just figuring it out, taking our steps. But throughout that, you know, it was three or four, four schools in, I just stopped caring about fitting in, you know? And uh, there was maybe one or two teachers within that whole time that I connected with. And I, and I didn't connect with them uh, about, school itself i connected with them about just life you know yeah so i just i just wasn't the school just wasn't for me you know um so i can relate to just you know and in a lot of cases just being more wise in life maybe not as educated as some of these people but just being more wise at a younger age than some of them and you know so and that in that way, I can I can really really relate to that record, you know. So that's the record that reminds me of my 
my school, you know, my, my life in school, public schools and suspensions and paddlings. You know, I got, I used to get paddled. I don't know if y'all got paddled over there, Man. but they paddled out like big wooden paddles, you know, Shit. yeah. Take you in the hallway and whoop that ass. <laughs> so going to so many different schools and, you know, constantly being the new kid, like, did you feel, did that give you, you know, after say four or five times this, did you start to develop confidence? You know, was you a confident kid? Yes. Super confident. I, you know, like I, once I started to, especially, well, I started skateboarding when I was seven years old, you know, and through skateboard videos and the music that was coming through skateboard videos, which was hip hop, gangster rap, shit, heavy metal, punk rock, and even outlaw country was, I was getting a lot a wealth of that through videos. And I was learning a wealth about fashion and I was learning a wealth about graphics and art and, you, you know, stories and reading through magazines. And then if you, if you match all that with my travels and running through the streets of Atlanta up to New York, to California, down to Florida, and just immersing myself in that culture um, uh, matched with my mother's history with, you know, my mom was married to Randy Travis, the stage manager for seven years. And her, her long-term boyfriend before that was uh, uh, Aerosmith's light and sound guy, uh, 10,000 maniacs, uh, um, uh, fucking Ted Nugent, Ario Speedwagon, like a bunch of rock bands. So like there was like a wealth of culture that was coming through my door. So I, I did get to the point around 12, 13, where I was a complete individual. I would come to school and clothes that everybody thought I was nuts. And, but you know, I just didn't care anymore. And so, and that's, that's pretty much stuck with me. <laughs> it's It's so interesting. You say that about, skate videos and in the uk like for me in the kind of early to mid 90s like we found out about the american bands that we couldn't hear about over here on skate videos that's where we found out about our music it was always skate videos and it was so important in the uk that these vhs tapes would be passed around or you could get them from like markets in like in north london if you went up there and you could just get this kind of little bootleg vhs and it would be like gold dust being passed around your school or your college just to see like the skate vids from like from the states but the minute you put it on, you'd be like, who the fuck? Who's this song? Who's this song? Who's this by? And it was yeah. like, so important, man. So important. Yeah. Especially like, uh, namely the 411 tapes. Mm. Uh, all the, the, all the 411 tapes were probably the most like diverse musically. A lot of, a lot of, cause a lot of skateboard videos have a, some sort of a music theme throughout. Mm. 411 was like a mixtape. You know, you got a bunch of new skateboarders that you've never seen before and everybody had a weird different record, you know? So, yeah. And, you know, again, back then too, was just like the mixtape game was huge out in the States too. So you could go to a record store and pick up a, like a DJ SNS tape that would just put you on all the underground shit. And so, yeah, man, you know, you, you got to imagine me going to school at like eighth grade in the middle of Alabama, surrounded by rednecks, but I'm listening to Group Home and Mob Deep and Poor Righteous Teachers and 
you know what I'm saying? Like sex pistols and fucking, uh, you know, whatever, you know, just, just on it. Um, and, and no one knew what was going on. You know, yeah. no one knew about the music I was listening to. And I attribute all that through, uh, through that skateboarding, yeah. you know? Listen up. I've only got another new sponsor, Egg Fried. It's this super cool clothing label. And if you're into sort of skating and street art and gigging and, and kind of like really cool art and throwing a little bit of Asian culture and, and the designer's kind of weird sense of humor in the mix, then you're pretty much there with the wonderful world that is eggfried.com. Now, they do these amazing punchy kind of graphic tees, hoodies and sweatshirts, beautiful art prints, as well as this, they have a denim range, all handmade in-house, all supporting the slow fashion movement. Not only that, they've given you a discount code, 10% off when you head over to eggfried.com. Just use the code EGGSALAD, E-W-G-S-A-L-A-D, save 10%. Go and get lost in the world of egg fried. Also, they've got a new kids range, and it's called Small Fried, and it's super cool, super cute. Um, and again, it's all over there in this wonderful world. Go and get involved at eggfried.com. I mean, you touched on record stores then, uh, and for track four, uh, you said that this was a tricky one to answer, and you've not sent me an answer in advance, so I'm, I'm curious as to what where you could be going uh, with this. But for track four, I'm going to ask you for the first song you remember buying from a record store. Oh, because uh, I didn't buy my first record, and and is this the story behind that? Is my grandmother. When my grandmother knew that I was in to, I was getting heavy, heavy into music. Uh, she got me, <laughs> she got me Del the Funky Homo Sapiens, um, uh, a Del the Funky Homo Sapiens record, his first full length album. She got me Onyx, Back the Fuck Up. My grandmother now, and then she got me America K's most wanted. I mean, that's, that's the coolest grandmother on the planet, right? <laughs> I grab, and she, and they all had parental advisory, and you know, my my mom at the time, she was just a rock and roll. I mean, she knew that I was into it, but you know, she was doing her own thing. But my grandmother was like, "I got you," you know. So that was in my stocking, you know. So, but but before that, I, I had never purchased a record but those were my first tapes my my actual tapes now i had like and before that i had stacks of vinyls that were like gifted to me like some um uh led zeppelin vinyl a whole old collection of uh elvis discography um but i didn't even have a record player you know, I had this whole collection of vinyl. I, I never could even listen to them. But, uh, yeah, those were my first tapes. So Would you? that's why the question was hard to answer. With, the, with them records that you had that you couldn't play, would you look at the sleeves? Because it was just something that you said about skating as well, that, you know, you, you got that visual for, for, for design uh, and stuff like that. And, and for me, I know that, you know, when I was growing up listening to, you know, my favorite records, if I put that piece of vinyl on, when I listened to it, I'd sit there and just stare at the sleeve and like, you know, was, was that kind of making its way, like the kind of visual side of, of, you know, of artwork for, for records and stuff. Man, 
I mean, that's a really good question. Um, looking at thou- literally thousands of skateboard graphics and thousands of ads and the way that uh, that industry was really and, and still is uh, probably five, sometimes 10 years ahead of the curve with, with a new fashion wave that's coming through. Um, I saw that early. I saw like, you know, my first like piece of, I was obsessed over Bones Brigade. I had Bones Brigade sweatpants. Again, my grandmother got me this. Bones Brigade sweatsuit with the skulls down the side. And I had a Steve Caballero um, complete with the uh, black Caballero with the red bats and the, and the gold dragon. Some um, uh, green slime ball wheels and uh, some independence. And all these were really really strong brands that were really driven by ill graphics. So between that and like great record sleeves, well, it actually made me picky, you know, about record sleeves. Like, oh, that's terrible, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, like that's, that's a really bad cover, you know? So um, I, I think that again, so much of that played into who I you know, grew to be, you know, like before I even recorded my first record, I had a, clothing line i started called alabama language i was printing and designing shirts and selling them out of the trunk of my car out in alabama so i and i've always you know i was painting also big city big city murals like entire blocks i painted a fucking 40 foot Allen iverson inside of the church you know like so i actually thought that was going to be my leading career yeah was going to design or painting or something like that you know now i've implemented that into slamerican but um, yeah, man, I've, I've always had a passion for design and for sure covers and, and graphics and, and um, again, magazines, you know. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
said that. It gave me a good eye, I believe. You know, I mean, the, the industries that you've you, you've chosen to to pursue, whether that be music or fashion, both two of the most competitive industries on the planet. And I know I asked you earlier about confidence, but I mean, it's a ridiculous question to ask. But you're, you know, you don't struggle with drive, right? I take it you're a driven person. Man, too much, man. Like, uh, I have to really, I've had to learn how to delegate all my ideas, you know what I mean? Is that but, tough? Uh, it, yeah, it's, what, what the tough part is just trusting people to do, to do the, to do it right. That's been the, the big one, you know, like, yeah, Samaritan has become somewhat of a, uh, well, it's a, it's a, it's an, it's kind of like an idea an idea or idealism and a, a, an expression of culture. And it, and it extends now to bike builders, tattoo artists, you know, music enthusiasts, skaters, bikers. Um, people are driven by fashion, boot collectors, hat makers, jewelry makers. Like it's a whole thing now, you know? So um, we're just taking steps to just, uh, you know, create that in house and and put our stamp on it and put our our spin on it. You know, um, but yeah, super driven. I mean, we dropped or we'll be six albums deep by August, yeah. and just here. You know, so plus a clothing brand and you know the shows, the live shows, and plus Creek Water Whiskey, and they got a whiskey brand too. So you yeah. get you get time to sleep, man. <laughs> oh man I, I will i i have to make i have to make time actually yeah i gotta make <laughs> okay well for track five um i'm gonna move uh things forward a little bit and i'm gonna ask you to tell me the song that soundtrack your years clubbing uh who run it three six mafia uh, i think that was or, it yeah yeah no, uh, uh, I've got. Oh, hang for, on, for, that, that could be for the next one actually. Uh, for the club, yeah. I've got the highwaymen. Oh, that well for if years of clubbing, I think it was who run it. If you got, if you're talking about my life or for my career, like me touring and shit like that. Yeah, the theme song, touring and stuff. Yeah, that was highwaymen. Uh, so love story, my album love story was like a real pivotal moment in my career. You know, I, I was finally let loose to do whatever I wanted to do. You know, I had earned that within my relationship with Interscope and Shady. And they were like, look, man, just go make a record. You know, we're not going to bother you anymore, basically, you know? And I was like, perfect. Let's go. You know? And there were so many records I had recorded years before. Like, I had a full band before I ever recorded Trump music, you know? And I was traveling around Atlanta doing this um, experimental country rock hip-hop music. And we were doing really well, uh, but we couldn't get a deal for it. You know, everybody was turning us down. Like, I remember specifically, specifically L.A. Reid, DJ Khaled 
and Lil Wayne came to one of our sold out shows in Atlanta. This is before Tron Music and saw us perform with our live band. And they're just like, this is cool, but we don't know what to fucking do with this, you know? Um, so my, my manager at the time, management team basically was like, look, man, do a rap record and we'll get you. A, if we can't get you a deal, you can walk. So that's when I went back to the, my little house in the hood and I did Trump music. And uh, sure enough, we were able to get a situation for it. So since Trump music, I was trying to push, push, push back into this idea of this music that I was great before. And love story was that me opening that gate. Yeah. And uh, so the reason Highwayman became the theme song is because we played it every night before every show for years on, on love story. I think it's like, it's that the song is about rebirth yeah, yeah. and living, living forever, not knowing what you're going to come back as, but knowing that you're coming back. And that's, I believe in that one in real life. And two, it was like, metaphorically, it was, it was perfect for my rebirth coming back with love story. Cause it, for sure it was a re- reset button for my, for my career. Just, I mean, you, you say you listen to that before you go on stage, just give me a little kind of insight as to, then five minutes before you, you walk out onto a stage. What's what's the routine? <laughs> well, it, that that could vary. Uh, on a good night, we're sitting back there fucking throwing ping pong balls into shot glasses and, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, and uh, talking shit and, and just getting hype and jumping around. Um you know, on on a not so good night, I'm fucking stressed out. I'm, I'm just leave me alone for about 20 minutes. I need quiet. So if my anxiety is too high, I've I, I, you know I've, I've like passed out. You know what I mean? Like passed out with anxiety, just like falling dead asleep with in in obnoxious loud club noise and shit. You know that I, I don't think walking on stage has ever been the same twice. But um. I guess that's the consistency of, of the record. You know what I'm saying? Like at least the song's playing. Yeah. Uh, some, some sort of uh, normality, I guess. Well, for track six, I'm going to take you home and ask for uh, a favorite song from an artist from your home County, please. Uh, that would be shoddy fat. And, uh, that would be his one verse on Getaway. Um, Shorty Fat was my favorite rapper slash artist slash human, you know, and I, I was so lucky to to get to know him and my family fell in love with him, my mother, my grandmother. He was just a light, man. And uh, he had one verse on radioactive it was shoddy fat myself and um mystical and uh you know mystical three six mafia was my first like gangster rap show too so to have shoddy fat on that record with mystical was a big moment for me because shoddy fat was my first 
biggest supporter. Like he would take me around the streets, put me in, you know, put me in, you know, carry me around the projects, take me to, you know, the, the crazy clubs, all the Chitlin circuit clubs, you know, there was no white people around, you know, and he would just throw me in like, get him, dude, go, you know, you got it. You got it. And, um, he's always had my back. So I, I wanted, I wanted the most for him. Um, but he said so much in that verse. I just felt like he said a lifetime's worth of music in one verse, which was the magic of his simplicity. Um, I remember seeing that it, it will get loud with Jack White. And he's playing a guitar and he plays this record and it's an old blues record. There's one, one guitar, one person, one mic, that's it. And he said, that's all I'm trying to do. That's all I've ever wanted to do was that. I just want to do that. And I get that. Like I, I, that's that, that, that simple, the art of the simplest, the simple, but great artists, man, Shotty Fat had it, you know, if this was the thirties, forties, he would be a legendary blues artist, you know, like he was just, he just had that thing, man. So yeah, that's it. Well, for your last track, uh, I want you to play Tastemaker, please. And I'm going to ask you to tell me a song that you think many people may not know that you would like them to hear. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I, okay. I remember thinking about this question now. Yeah. Cause I wasn't sure how to answer like, well, if it's from my discography, it probably would be have a great flight. Um, but if it's one song that no one has heard in the world that I want them to hear or can't wait for them to hear, it's uh jump out and let go. Yeah. What, what can people expect from that? Uh, uh, Shooter Jennings and I wrote a rock and roll album and uh, recorded it at Sunset Sound and um, in California and Prince's Purple Rain Room, the same same studio that they did Stairway to Heaven in and all old analog gear. There's no 808s. There's no rapping. This is all analog live band full takes um it's a new sound i'm sure that you know for for my core fans that has been following me i think they're it's to be expected i think they've kind of been waiting for it for some passive fans that they may have just heard a couple rap records that they like they're not even going to recognize me and then for new fans it's going to be like who the fuck is this? And then when they dig back on my rap shit, they're going to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> this is the same. Person. Uh, I'm just, I'm just letting go of, uh, um, I'm, I'm just knocking down the walls, man, of, of my singing and songwriting and, and my love for rock and roll and just finally taking it there. I mean, Shooter and I have been talking about this for probably eight years, you know, and we finally had an opportunity to do it. And uh, I, I can't wait for people to hear the album. And uh, and I, that's that's just one of the songs that I, I can't wait for them to hear. Well, we put together a, a Spotify playlist to accompany the podcast uh, with all the tracks that we've spoken about uh, that are available on there. Um, as we find ourselves coming out of uh, 
you know, a real shitty situation that we've been in for the last year or so. Uh, and we've, you know, looking towards a bit more of an optimistic 2021. Um, what are you looking forward to personally and what's happening professionally? Um, I'm looking forward to, you know, the global awakening, you know, like, I'm looking forward to people discovering their own power for people to discover that they're truly capable of anything that they dream of. If they just focus, I think that I feel like that's what's happening now. And, and I got hope, you know, like, well, actually Hope is not even the word. I I know. I know for sure that that's what's happening. I'm confident that we're going to be a better planet, you know? And it is what it is now. You know, I can't, we can't just speak for our state, for our country anymore. We're all connected now, man. So we all have to, we got to figure it out. And we will. But um, personally, you know, for for me and my career and my family, uh, I feel extremely fortunate and blessed. And um, yeah, I'm just gonna keep pushing, man. I'm taking it day day by day. Lots of big visions, lots of big dreams to accomplish still. And um, yeah, I just I wish for everybody success and love and support, man. Thanks so much for your time today. It's been a real pleasure talking records with you, man. Yeah, you too, man. I appreciate it. It's a great interview. Oh, man. Thanks loads. You have a lovely day, man. All right, you too, brother. Take it easy, man. Later. There you go. Ah, man, that was amazing. Like, me, I weren't amazing, but uh, Yellow Wolf was. Like, just freaks me out that just through sitting at this little space at the end of my garden, I get to have these chats with you know, these absolute superstars and yeah. And it's just so, it's so nice when, you know, you, you, they jump on the screen and they're like, Hey, how you doing? And you think, Oh yeah. Aside from all of that stuff, you're just normal people and you're just skin and bone and you're just a nice person. And yeah. What more do you want, you know, in these recent times than just to hear a conversation with a nice person talking about positive stuff and talking about, you know, the fruits of their labour and that journey and, you know, their creative process. It's, uh, yeah, it's it's lovely to hear. And the fact that you've lot of here listening is uh, is delightful. So thank you. Okay. As mentioned at the beginning, uh, go check out the back catalogue because there's hundreds of episodes there now that you can go and explore. Uh, and, yeah, and if you'd like to support the podcast, then you can do so uh, on the Acast app, um, on the bio to this, uh, or you can go and... Uh, sign up to the Patreon which is uh, 79p a month and you get a whole load of bang for your buck and access to another few hundred episodes that have never been released to the public and you can find out all about it at www.offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com right I'm done I'm all talked out Um, have a lovely week people Um, stay safe be excellent to each other and I'll see you next time bye bye 
Off the Beat and Track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Keep me, Stu with him. Hey, the boy.